0: There we go, got baby. It. We started, baby, boo. We got it. We got it.
1: <clears throat> Episode, I think this is 99. 99, yeah. 98 was last week.
0: Yeah, we, are, yeah, we hit 99. We're one away from the big 10000. That's right. That's, yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, today, it's the Dreamcast. <laughs> Dreamcast. I was trying to say Dream it Team. It
1: sounded like you were trying to say dream Dreamcast. No, that like the, like you the want the, it. Yeah. Oh, it's a game cat. <laughs> I can't afford that. I can't afford it.
0: Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's us two. It's a pot today It's not, not wrong. Not good. Uh, you know what? Forget it, candle. Don't mind.
1: I was going to say, you know, it's just you and me today. We're not here with the rest of the peanut gallery. So it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pre-, pre- I like cool. that. It's
0: pretty good. It might join midway. You never know.
1: I, I highly doubt it. It's highly about Okay, okay, okay. Well,
0: welcome back to our your listeners, new listeners, and reoccurring listeners. And also, if he is listening to this, thank you to our new listener. I just, uh, we talked about in one of my buildings I delivered to. I really apologize. I don't know your name. I'm sure you don't know mine, but shout out if you are listening to this latest episode. Is <laughs> the, you you the person that you deliver to that listens to the episodes? Well, we spoke about it today. I came through. We had a long conversation about things in general he mentioned the podcast and i just do i do a podcast as well and then he's like oh what you you know which podcast so he looked it up but like we never like shared names like that so we're like we're cool but it's not like it just never came up you know what i mean like it's, the opportunity never really came up type of shit but um but shout out he knows who i'm talking to who i'm talking about if he listens to this episode but um yeah you know uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to know how many other people thought about doing a podcast, because just today two other people were telling me, yeah, I want to start a podcast. I was like, oh, I've been doing it for four years.
1: <laughs> Listen, I mean, this whole idea with the pod, I mean, it's, it's blown up within probably a little bit before you started, right? Um,
0: no, um, it depends on consistency. depends <laughs> who has been out there. I mean, for celebrities, I feel like they started within two years.
1: Oh, especially with this whole pandemic, everyone being at home, the one thing everyone's, I'm sure everyone's business manager with Celebrity Wise, they're just like, yeah, just start a podcast because, you know, we have no way of releasing, you know, doing movies so you can't bring out content to your people so you got to bring them in a different way. So a lot of them end up going the podcast route, which I feel like is for a lot of them especially, I feel like it's not really genuine because at the end of the day, I understand a celebrity, it's all about, not all of them, but a majority of them. It's all about, like, you know, making that money. Yeah,
0: another Keep, stream keeping, income.
1: Another stream of income, keeping the fan base. Like, you know, you want these guys to still watch your movies or watch you if you're going to go on a podcast tour. Especially if you had just started, like, a year ago, and they're already going on tour. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. So... A lot of it does, for me, seems very disingenuous. But then I'm sure there are probably some of them that are pretty good. I haven't listened to the ones that have just started, especially with the celebrity that I don't know personally to be that talks about stuff like this. Like, you know, for me personally, I'm always like, I'm more, I'm more about the comedian's podcast because I like their jokes. Like, you know, I've seen their stand-up and shit.
0: Before so, I'm mean, going mean to cut you off, Ken. Could you move your yeah. mic a little bit? Sounds like it's rubbing on your... On your- oh, my bad, my bad.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's probably robbing my mom I swear. to Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what you call it? Uh, yeah, you know, the comedians that, that I listen to on their podcast, I watch their stand-ups, and then, so when they do a podcast, I'm more inclined to listen to it. But if it's someone that I watch in a movie, and they're just, like, you know, I don't know, just, like, having people just to have on, and like, oh, look, we got one of the biggest directors in the game. But then nothing of substance is talked about, that's when I feel like, okay, yeah, you're just doing this just for the hell of it. and you know, like I said, because your businessman had told you to do it within the last two years of the pandemic.
0: It feels like it's a business decision and it's like, there's friends talking, but it's like, I can get this on the Fallon, the Kimmel show, or even Conan O'Brien or whoever those dudes. I can get what you're asking for on that, but much shorter. You know what yeah. I mean? That's how it feels like to me. Like, there's some of them that I enjoy that, honestly, genuine, they really um, do it for the love of it. Like, uh, Michael Rosenbaum Inside oh, of you, yeah. I love that because a lot of the people he listens to, uh, he brings on, is like not B list celebrities, more like A minus
1: celebrities. I guess you could like, say. like they, like they are no...
0: Yeah, like they're on the CW shows. They have done some movies, but mm-hmm. they really get raw and visceral. Like I love listening to the Stephen Amell shits, but um, a lot of the other ones, it like you said, Kenny, it feels. Like you are just doing this for a paycheck. Like for me, don't kill me anybody listening. But I feel like that's the same shit with the Anna Ferris one. I really feel like she's doing that for a paycheck. It don't feel like and, and the girls from the office. John Cho might kill me. But I think He likes me. all he likes the office ladies? He likes the office ladies, yeah. Oh he mentioned God. that before. But um, you know, some for some people like like those ladies, they Oh, and Dan uh, Dax shepherd
1: or oh, the um, armchair armchair expert
0: armchair expert. yeah i feel like and don't kill me on that one for for dax but i feel like they're just doing it for a paycheck because you know you bring these you know you see the name and the title you're like oh shit you brought this person on the podcast i want to hear what you got and then when you start listening it's like is this just an ad for your next revenue thing or like you're not really getting into it like you know for when it comes to inside of you and you know this is my limited knowledge of podcasts because i don't I listen to random news mostly, <laughs> but um, when it comes to inside of you, I do like and I enjoy how raw these people get. Like Stephen Amell, he, you know, he had a panic attack on the podcast and they didn't edit it out. He no, came back that and ended, he was open yeah. about
1: it. You know, he stopped. He, you even hear Rosebaum like, oh, you know, you want me to like drive you home? Do you got throw up or something like that? And then yeah, you know, it's a small intermission. Then he talks about it. so it, this is him coming back after his episode. And then exactly. steven just willingly talks about it. Oh, that's 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 one of my favorite yes. uh, Rosie episodes. Man, because that guy, that guy, he just he's he's one of the ones that seems like so genuine and wholesome to talk to. Because it's just like he's. I understand the whole point is to talk about your own trauma. Because I feel like that's their way of. Connecting with the audience, but I don't know for some reason with Rosenbaum, I feel like I like this guy, like this guy is real, you know what I mean?
0: I mean, yo, I started listening to him, I I think it was like the first Stephen M. episode. He's like, Yeah, I've done cocaine, and he's talking about it like it was nothing, but like, you know, he got over it. He's like, Yeah, I know some of the guys we used to go in the back, you know, did a line of coke and (laughs) shit, but. You know, I'm over that right now. It's just like <laughs> oh, okay, like yeah. oh, okay.
1: <laughs> What's wild is that if you he when I knew I was hooked on his on his show was when he had a producer and then that producer of his left his show to go do Dax's show, like to be the producer of that show. Of Dax's is of Dax of Dax's uh, armchair. Oh, armchair uh huh. Yeah and. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, fuck this guy. How's he going to leave Rosenbaum like this? But then in the episode, Rosenbaum talked about, listen, you know, there's no ill will towards Rob. The guy had, you know, the guy has a family. Dax was paying a lot more because at the time, probably even still now, Dax Shepard, Armchair Expert, that shit was monumentous, dog. Like, even when it comes to, like, his live shows, because that's, if there was one common factor that almost all those podcasts that I listened to back then knew was that Dax's Armchair Expert, his pocket was fucking huge which I had no idea because I didn't listen to it until I heard Rosenbaum speak about it. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't know they're, like, really, you know, close friends and shit, but I had no idea Dax just, like, jumped off the map with that crap and then just, like, surpassed almost everyone in the game at the time. I'm not sure how it is now, but, you I mean, know. He, like you I get. think
0: he's, like, number three in Spotify. <laughs> he's
1: so ex- exclusively on Spotify. Mm-hmm. For, me, for me, with Dax was, I did listen to some of it, I enjoyed the banter with him and uh, Monica. I think it's the name of of his co-host. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, I think it was a point where he was getting like these really big guests. And I was just like, oh, this seems kind of weird. But which is weird because that's the whole point. You know, you want to get a big name. And I totally get it for like, you know, for, for an episode. But I don't know. I just feel like the more famous a person, it's just like I almost didn't care in a sense. Which is completely the opposite. I just don't know why I think
0: like that. I I feel you. Like the more famous you are, is like nah. Do I really need to listen to you? Like you know, what are you really gonna show me different? Like like it feels like when it comes to people of that level, like really high, like that. You're not gonna tell me anything that's raw or or, or personal. You're gonna tell me you're gonna. You know, you're gonna hit your manager of like, can I say this? You know, you're gonna hit your PR and be like, and that's that's why I don't get an inside of you. Not to like give that one, you know, more credence or whatever, but it's just comparing a podcast with, with all of them out there. It's like all these celebrities are like, you know what, let me do a podcast. And they're doing it and they, they blow up, but you know, they have the funds, they have the resources. But at least for Rosenbaum, like I feel like he does have the money, but he's not really carrying on that. You know, it's more just like the audience again that, that real close connective, uh, you know, just being connected to that person, you know. There's other ones out there that I listen to that are pretty good that, uh, which one is it? it was It One of them was Order of Man when he got Matthew McConaughey on and talking about his book. But, you know, like, I like those, I guess, B-plus or A-minus podcasts that you don't know about. But they talk about, they, they bring people on that you never heard about or you do know about them. But they're being themselves. They're not like, oh, let me not say this because I may get in trouble here. You know, going like like I said, like going back to the Stephen Amell shit, he explained a hundred percent why he got kicked off the airplane when he had that whole debacle. He said he was drunk, and he was being honest about it. It's like, yo, I like you know, you know, we we need a lot of more people like that. You know, mm-hmm. being honest and shit. You know, I don't know. Maybe he was lying, but it felt very raw. You know.
1: Good I mean, hear. I mean, I mean. How many people do you know that talk about that? The reason they were having an, like an anxiety or a panic attack was because it's just like his show was, you know, his his uh, appearance on the show was coming to an end, you know, because uh, you know Arrow, and it's just like he's been doing it. I think at the time he said he was doing it for like seven years. Well, I remember many yeah, seasons it was going it, on?
0: It was going on eight, eight seasons in total. But mm-hmm. I think at the time of the the pod, I think he was finishing eight or starting eight.
1: Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, you know, you don't get people talking about like, you know, they were freaking out about their show finishing up. And it's just like what the next thing was, which I'm sure he's going to do. Well, it's Stephen Amell. The guy, the guy's a great actor. You know, I hear his again. Is it still rubbing are it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the, the
0: sweater the is part. It's rubbing. rubbing. It's not your beard. It's rubbing the sweater. All right, I'm going to see if I probably
1: just leave it hanging so it doesn't hit the sweater <laughs> so much. Take it off. Is It is cold in here. New York City is going through like some type of freeze over or some shit, man. But yo, we, break we, dick.
0: We're about to hit,
1: as of today's date,
0: we're about to hit tomorrow's gonna be single digits Damn. in the morning. And then it hits double afterwards, but it's like nine.
1: And then we're gonna hit 18, 26. Yeah, because I was looking at today, it's supposedly like, you know, it was 23, but it's like, oh, it's 23, but it's gonna feel like seven because of the win. Now I'm just oh, like, oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that
0: today. So thank God.
1: Oh, so I, it, I did. You know? It was late. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, because I had it because, you know, since I work overnight. So I'm, I get hit by all that shit. But fuck, man, as much as I love the cold, because, you know, it's great sleeping with the cold. You know, you get the covers yep, over yep, you. There's, yep. there's something about like, you know, opposites attract that type of shit. Because you figure, you oh, know, I'll just close the window. But then you get too hot Then you take the covers off. But you don't want to take the covers off. So you do the window cracked open a little bit. And it might get too cold. You throw another cover on it. Fucking human beings are weird, man. <laughs> especially with the especially with the shit that we do.
0: Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> Ten dinner.
1: Oh That's man. very true.
0: But uh, moving on, I guess. So I know. We spoke about it before, and this I kind of I did want to talk about. It. Now it's just you and me that can mm. really talk about it. James Bond, No Time to Die, and whoever's listening, listen right now. Spoilers are gonna be
1: unleashed. So check I mean, listen, that timestamp
0: movie- and skip this if you exactly. don't want to hear
1: this shit. Listen, the movie's already on video on demand. It's already yep. you could buy it physically in the store. You could literally you have every chance to watch it right now. And if you didn't, come on, just stop. Yeah. Yo.
0: That that move okay. So I watched the... Uh, okay, wait, wait. Before I watched this video, right, which explained some of the things, but to me it was a little wonky, but I was like, ah fuck it. It's James Bond. I don't give a fuck. It's what, what, Reg. Was it,
1: what, what was it explaining?
0: Uh, it was explaining a little, not plajos, but the, um, the level of intensity the villain had and some of the things that just did not make sense. Like, it was, um, like, one of them. You want to say that, um, oh my God, Safin, Safin, which is R- Rami Malik. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Malik, yeah. Malik. Rami Malik. You want to say, oh my God, this guy is bigger than Blowfield. Uh, Blowfin? I'm sorry. Blowfield. Blowfield, yeah. Christopher Watts. So, you know, this this guy was the leader of Spectre. You know, he was the downfall of everything in James Bond for the first four movies. And then out of nowhere, he dies very simple by James Bond just, like, touching him in the neck. Like, you could have executed that much better. You know, like... Jane, you know, you got Tanner coming to James Bond saying, oh, I told you, this is protocol. You fucked up protocol. And we don't even see him, like, looking and just, like, puffing up. or We just see him dead. We don't see him like, ah, 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 dying type of shit. Like, <laughs> give me something that, that like, wow, Saffron was so smart. He knew exactly what he needed to do to infantry to kill Bloffield because that wasn't one of his opponents. You know, and then it's like, we go from one secret organization to another secret organization. Even if it's one person, but it's like, you could have gave me much more drive about what his ambitions was against Mon. You know, if anything, it was more about... It wasn't even against Mon. It was more that Spectre killed his family. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go... You know, uh, the leader of Spectre before, which is um, this guy's... Madeline's father, killed his father, his family. He survived. He can't have kids. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to get revenge. Let me kill all Spectre. And you know what? Symbolic, let me let me create a family with Madeline, which is the, the daughter of Spectre. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to take your daughter all this shit. And then at one point, he just let the daughter go away. Like, what is your ambition? What, what is your goal? Is it money? Is it just to take, to fuck James Bond's life? Is it just to fuck Madeline's wife, uh, life or whatever? Like, like granted, the movie as a whole was great, but when you start looking back and start thinking, it's like, and then Q out of nowhere is saying, oh, I'm like, it was always beautiful for the ending. But Q is saying, James, I'm sorry, but the shit you got in your body is eternal. You're not going to tell me there's nobody out there who's actively working on this. Or Q is in the background. He just saw some numbers on the screen. It was just like, yeah, you can never take out your body. You you know, like there were certain things that story-wise telling it didn't flow well. Like, and like the girl from the CIA office, Anna the Anmas, she was there and it was just like, why even be there? She's not even come up later or mention later. Just like...
1: I was so pissed. I was scene. so pissed at that, by the way. The fact that she has such a great whole introduction and then like, you know, what she was doing. And then after that, it's just like, adios. Adios, James. Yeah. I was, like she I was, was I'll coming see you here, but And then that's it.
0: Like, the movie as a whole was great. The ending... The ending made sense. If you would, it, it's not that the storytelling was wrong; it's just the way you presented it was wrong, or at yeah. least it didn't show enough gr- uh, gravity. Like, like I said before, Saffin is this guy who's stronger or more cunning or powerful than Blofin. You know, they, yo, they had like what five minutes of him coming down the scene with the with the music, Hans Zimmer's fucking music in the background, <laughs> dong dong dong, and I'm like, yo, my wife is like. Is he really that strong? Like, yo, I'm I, like, you know, I so partially expected because I fell asleep, but I know who he is. And she's like, yo, is this guy really powerful? Like, yo, babe, this is the fucking man. You got to watch out. You can't even get next to him. He's dangerous, like legit dangerous. And then he just dies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I told my wife, like, babe, that's the motherfucking guy right there. And she's just like, that's it. He he you know, like all that, like he just died. Like this is Christopher Waltz here. Like, this is all you can give me. Y- you know? So, like, like I, the movie is great. But if I want to sit here and critique certain things, for me, that's what took some of it off. Wait, you know, a lot of logical stuff, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Um,
0: that's all I got right now. I know there's something else I'm trying to remember. But anyway. I mean, do you have anything to add to that?
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is that since you've seen it more recent, it's a lot more fresh in your head than it was for me. So yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. Like, you know, it was crazy that I even forgot the name of Raymond Malik's character and Christopher Wall's character. And when you're saying Saffron, or oh, whatever, Safin. I was trying, S- try- in my head, I'm trying to think, all right, wait, he's talking about you're talking about Christoph Waltz, and then you talk oh, about Spectre, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, he's talking about Christoph Waltz's character. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's more fresh in your head than it is for me, but I just remember, I remember enjoying it. But, I mean, I'm not sure how long we're going to talk about this Bond thing, really, but my thing with movies is that sometimes I wish where, when I used to watch them when I was younger, mm-hmm. It would just be, I feel like it was a lot more simpler now than I'm watching movies as an adult because I, I do exactly what you do now because it pretty much is just like um, you know, trying to find little things here and there comparisons and it's just like why didn't this make sense in a story? But when I would be a kid, I'm just like, oh, bad guy fight good guy. Oh, that's cool. Well, I wouldn't give a shit with anything else in between, but fuck man, as I got older, I just feel like critiquing movies more and more and it's hard to start to you know enjoy like the dumb stuff because it's just you can't help but to put your to put you know to ask questions because it's not like I say it's not it's not like when we were younger watching these movies.
0: Yeah, you know what it is. I I didn't mean to like sound like a you know a bad person on this movie, it's just that I love the movie so much I wanted to learn more and apparently mm-hmm. find a video that says how it disappointed the audience. started watching it. I was like, oh, I still love it.
1: Like, I can oh, yeah. still watch
0: it again and still glow on it, but, you know. Like, you're right, Kenny. It's, it's like Mortal Kombat. Remember that time we had the conversation about Mortal Kombat?
1: It's the a recent Friday. one that came out, right? Yeah,
0: it's a good mm. Friday flick. Sit down, watch it, and just enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed Fast 9, no matter how many people say it was bad or, or whatever, but I enjoyed it. I could watch it again and again and again. You know, but I could sit there and be like, Nah, out. ain't going to work out. Not gonna work fast, out
1: fi- fast 9 was definitely the ones that I wanted to just sit and enjoy, but I just couldn't. Because I think I was over it. I was over it with the characters. I, I, could- I couldn't do it no more. And I'm just like, this is dumb. Like You're treating me like I'm dumb. It's just like, I'm giving you $25 to watch this shit in theaters right now. And this is what you're going to do? You're going to treat me like I'm dumb? You're going to almost kill Dom like you do within the last four or five movies. Not to,
0: you know, Fast and Furious. And for people listening, Kenny means 25 because Kenny, like
1: myself, likes the optimal experience. It's oh not yeah, 25 yeah.
0: everywhere, guys. No, no, yeah, Kenny's doing right. IMAX or maybe oh, Dolby yeah. Vision.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm either doing IMAX or I'm doing Dolby Cinema. Exactly. So it's it's. Yeah. He's like twenty five. I don't, I don't pay like twenty five for this yeah, shit. I I, I don't <laughs> like watching movies in regular digital because I'm I'm not about that. Much. I'm about the big step. I'm about the big spectacle. All that shit. See, like if a Nolan if if a movies coming out, I'm IMAX is IMAX is a no brainer. Like Bro. every everybody knows
0: that Dunkirk and IMAX and I was sitting near the front.
1: was I was like. Oh shit this is really loud i mean, a good way but it's like holy shit oh it was like like no one knows what he's doing when it comes to like filming in IMAX exactly so usually like big spectacle movies like that i like watching them in IMAX but if it's just like a like a john wick or something like that whoa, 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 I, like, I like dolby cinema wait wait uh, 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 what
0: what's the difference
1: well IMAX is more about screen size and um and the sound and there's clarity there, too, but Dolby Cinema is, like, pretty much watching 4K compared to 1080p. So, Good. Dolby Cinema is, like, the picture's a lot clearer, and the sound is a lot more bassier and boomier. But, you know, IMAX, you're getting the big spectacle, but the thing is just that you're expected to have, like, a loud sound, mix. you know? Like, as much as I love Tenant, I do understand what everybody was talking about, watching it <laughs> in IMAX with all the fucking noise and the whole and that type of shit <laughs> while someone's having a conversation in the movie. And it's just like, oh, God. And then you have that. Big, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> and then you have that, that big war scene at the end that's, you know, amazing spectacle-wise, but then they're still giving you story beats of what's going on, but while shit's exploding and people are shooting guns and then helicopters and all that, and it's just like, okay, I completely get it. But don't can- be cinema. But, the, but the, uh, don't be cinema. Like I said, it's just it's just a clearer soundtrack. But the bass is boomier, and you like you really feel it in your seat. It's almost almost like 4DX in a sense, but it's just not gimmicky.
0: Well, I saw ten on my on my on my iPhone.
1: <laughs> that is a lineup. disgrace. That is a disgrace HBO when you told Max.
0: me that. <laughs> Yo, they killed him, bro. Yo, they, 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 they went on the record and saying, listen. You gotta watch this shit in IMAX. So everybody's like, fuck that. That's a meme. Then watching it on the Samsung fucking tablet on the refrigerator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh my God. You need to watch it in IMAX. Wait, why do I do a all? No, because he the thing is that he does have an accent, but you yeah. you went like way overboard with
0: uh, But that. I did I went Middle Eastern. He's more like North oh yeah, Eastern. oh yeah, you
1: definitely went Middle Eastern on that. But no, I completely understand because that's not a movie you watch on a tablet or on your phone. That, that was the same thing I did with the what the, the with the Snyder cut. Bro. I Watched it on my phone, which was you know, not how you're supposed to be seeing it because, especially, AirPods, you know, the
0: spatial audio, noise canceling. Come on,
1: as great as all that is, you know, you got a small screen, and since the movie is um whatever aspect ratio is, that you got the black bars on the side, yeah. it just doesn't look as good on your phone as it would like on a TV. And then again, you know, especially in the movie theater. <laughs> but, but yeah, when you told me you saw a tenant on your was it tablet or on your phone, I'm just like, God damn it, Giovanni
0: I mean, I'm watching my TV now, so yeah, it's a step up.
1: It's, it's a <laughs> big, big step up with the Bose you gave me. Oh yeah, yeah, you still using it? Oh pff, man, I'm it's just like, glad it's still. I'm just glad it's still working after all these years. Kenny, that
0: shit is a beast,
1: bro. I was watching.
0: Speaking of, like, I was watching Don't Breathe Two last night. I started watching a little bit of Escape Room Part Two, which I actually enjoyed the first one, and the second one was seemed pretty interesting, and you know James Bond on it. And if um, you have you ever have you seen Dark? Uh, Don't breathe. Uh, I saw the first one. Okay, the second one is like it also has an amazing twist. Like it got you, you know. Like I said, just sitting there watching it, and just you know, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, that's a fucking nice twist." And I'm like, like it, it has you conflicted as a as a watcher, like. Who should I root for? Type of thing, you know. When you start watching it, I don't want to ruin anything. It's on Plex, by the way. Um, but I, yeah, it, it was good. I, I enjoyed that movie, it was uh, it was really good, you know.
1: I yeah, don't, I'm say inter- I'm, because, I'm, I don't because I'm interested in watching that, but like I said, I just didn't want to watch it in theaters because so I'm just like, I'm not gonna pay for this, I'll just wait to see the fire stick, like you said, the Plex, it's that, Plex, and also so- Escape Room, too, because it looks like it's there too, kind of campy fun, like uh, like Cabin in the Woods was. I'm not sure if you remember that one. Yeah. Was
0: that the one with um the guy from Bormi's World?
1: No, that was um uh, that's Cabin Fever. Oh. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was uh with Thor and like they're in like this um kind of
0: dystopia type of world and they don't know what's going in on.
1: A, in this in this in the sense kinda, yeah, because the whole point of the movie is about like world domination, which is you know, clearly when you see it, but it's set to the background of like a slasher movie, but then so much more stuff is happening. When you get a chance, you got to watch it. Okay. Just uh, just be one of the ones you write down, throw it on a plex, watch it. Cabin in the Woods. Fantastic movie.
0: Before we continue to the next thing, uh, I got to mention, James Bond suits and fashion. I know we spoke about it last night, Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. But oh my God, I think that was like the shining point when it comes to at least from Skyfall Down. And in that movie, that last outfit he—wait, first of all, the outfit he wore to MI6, that nice gray suit with the with the tie, um, the pin tie that like, keeps the tie in place, and and mm-hmm. little shit yeah, like a little white uh, thing in the in the chest pocket,
1: the oh handkerchief—I think it's like a handkerchief or something, right?
0: But the way they did it, and like the, the way his suit, like it was tight and fitted, but it wasn't like it didn't fit him. It 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 just when it comes to fashion in movies, at least when it came to James Bond they did such an amazing job since Skyfall. I mean, even the first one, Casino Royale, but Skyfall running really, really just like, you're know, just bringing it to the next level. And then I started looking, at, like, you know, I found a website, I found, like, oh, I can somewhat get these clothes and then that, those boots from the last film where he wore in the last scene. Oh my, I, fe- I instantly fell in love, Kenny. Like, I know <laughs> I spoke about it, but listen, when them shits go on sale, buy- I am buying, I feel like buying two. One to keep, <laughs> I'm, I'm dead ass, one to keep, and one to just um to use. Because I the design, the the way it looks, oh, I love
1: it. I love it. And like his whole outfit, I was like, damn, that shit looks good. That's the one thing that a lot of people I feel like they don't understand about James Bond when they're watching. It. It's just like, why is this guy doing this type of stuff with a dress like that? I was like, because James Bond is fucking cool. Like, you know, he he's he, 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 he swab. Yeah, that that's that's what he is, like you know. The, the the scene in Skyfall where he jumps from the when he jumps from the the excavator into the train as it's being ripped off God. and then you see him fixing his cufflinks and like tying his, his shoot suit up and the, but the suit is still fucked up but he still cares about looking good. And it's just like, it's just little shit like that that I've always loved about James Bond. So simply Daniel Craig's James Bond. I feel like I didn't didn't see that in Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. None of his suits really stood out. It was just like a regular, you know... It was a nice film. Yeah, it it was a regular suit, you know, but I feel like Daniel Craig really embodied, like, back then of, like, the Sean Connery times, or I would even say Roger Moore, where it was about, like, you know, really, really fancy suits, but then still being cool. Pierce Brosnan, it was more... Kind of action based, and then just like him banging any woman you can imagine because that's just what he does. Yeah. But that's why I feel like for the overall James Bonds, for me, Craig is like number one. It's gonna be so hard to replace it, man. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think we're gonna fall into a realm of like in the Spider-Man universe, like we're gonna accept and just be like, you know what, the next one who comes, we just accept you. There's no ranking tiers, but yeah, of course, I love Daniel. Let's see what you got, and just leave it like that, and then we. Move on forward from there, you
1: know? But as a human race, we won't be able to... We can't help but do rankings. Because listen, even on Twitter, there's still people doing like, who's your favorite part of it? Toby, Andrew, or Holland? Ooh, like that type of shit. It's like, they're all good. Dog. Just stop it. Yeah, it's, it's all your different flavors. Yeah, it's just like two of them got trilogies. One got screwed over. And it's just, it's just what happens, you know? But um, moving on.
0: Because I can be here all day Talking about James Bond <laughs> I know that but There was something You wanted to bring up to the Well it was pretty much What we were already Talking about
1: Just like movies in general Like Really that was what, what? you wanted? That's pretty much what it was about, yeah, because we were already, like, kind of going there with mentioning other movies and shit. My bad. It was just No, no, it's fine. You know, if anything, it's all just one cohesive thing. This will make the timestamps even more easy.
0: So you know what? That's it. We end the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But no, my thing was going to be, it's just, like, I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because I feel like the other guys, not that they don't know movies. I know they know movies, but I feel like they don't know it like you and I do. You know, that they don't have, like, that type of history. So, what I want to ask you was just like what was it that got you into movies, and how do you view them now compared to like when you probably if you remember like first starting
0: well, off the top of my head, a lot of these movies that I have watched, it was the escapism of it it mm-hmm. was the the feeling like it was a feeling of immersing myself into these movies and then in some movies in the past it, it, um like Iron Man. I think two or three, one of the Iron Mans. I can't really recall, but it really felt me like, wow, I can be Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like it felt a lot of these movies made me felt inspired in a way that um I can do a lot more. Like in the Iron Man part, I was like, yo, I can do it. I can create the suit. Like and I was like, yo, let me be a fucking biochemist and all this shit. You know, not being funny like that, but that's how I was feeling in some movies. Um, some of them like Tron. Or, 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 you know, they were feel good movies, but they were, like, also including to the escapism, It's was more like, I can be, I don't know what I said before, but I can be more of my, I can be more than what I am now. Like, these movies felt, to me, more of empowering, depending which one, that always made me feel great afterwards. And some of them, I always appreciate, I always appreciate a good script over action. If you can compel me to a point that the ending twist works out and, like, from out the end, whole entire movie, it makes sense, like, The Prestige with um Christian Bale. Like, that one blew my mind because of the twist at the end that you kind of don't see coming. Memento, that's a very older Nolan film. I'm not sure if people mm-hmm. have seen that. Like, that one also threw me off. You know, and I love I love the beauty of of... Like, when it comes to animated films that are done correctly, not just animated films just because it's an it's a anime that was created and I want to make an anime film based off it. No, like a legit, like a Hayao Miyazaki shit or, um, uh, my, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Makoto Shinkai is another one. Like, they do these movies and it's not like, oh, I want to make a sequence, of run- one runoff off thing, but the story makes sense. The artwork is so beautiful and the storytelling of it. Like, it's the immersion of it. That's what really draws me to a movie. The immersion, the cinematography, and the script. And that's why a lot of movies that I enjoy, you know, there's some of them that can be dumb or whatever, just, enjoy, you know, I can just take over and just, uh, oh, whatever, turn my brain off. But a lot of movies that I go back to is because of that immersion the screenwriting, and the acting. Like, I always go back to the social network with Zuckerberg, um, Jesse Eisenberg, and, Eisenberg. you know what I'm talking about. No, oh, no, you said it right. You said oh, it Oh, right. Eisenberg, oh, um, and, um, Andrew Garfield, like, top-notch performance. Fucking, um, uh, what's this guy's name? Mac- Michael Fassbender, when he did Jobs, but also another film that he did that's underrated is when he was a, a sex addict. Shame. Ah, oh, my God. Beautiful. Very underrated, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like all types of films. I love the indie films. That's like, you know, when I get back into it, I love those type of genres. But to answer your question, I hope more or less I did, and i probably remember more. But it's the immersion, the cinematography, the acting, and the screenwriting. You know, and sometimes, and just to end it here, depending on who's the director, who's the actor, I kind of just dive in because I know their quality of work. And my last one, like crazy, stupid love. That's a beautiful, it's not even a love story. But it's a beautiful, realistic story. With it's comedy. a life story. Exactly. But it works so well that I can't sit here and question and be like, that would never happen in real life. Oh,
1: I can't understand it.
0: No, it works. It's a well, beautiful
1: it, shit. Because you know? in that specific movie, they don't exaggerate on comedy. The comedy feels yeah, so exactly. natural that it's just like, this is what some guy would say at this point. Uh, this is how someone would act during something like this, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, for me, that's what really drives me in cinematography. You know, obviously, who's the director? Mm-hmm. Then, if I start watching, okay, cinematography, check, screenwriting check, actors check. A minute, you know, there's certain people I watch, like Top of the Dome, Martin Scorsese. I'm in no matter what he does. Um. Oh my God! What's why oh, I can't get remember the guy who did Glorious Bastards.
1: Um, oh, um, no, Quinn Tarantino.
0: Tarantino, who, I can do whatever. Um, Jesus Christ! Why can't I don't? I'm not a fan of Steven Spielberg. Sorry, just like, I, I feel like it, the I'm last not a fan thing like I, that.
1: Yeah, I, the two things that I was the top of my head that I enjoyed from him was just Ready Player One and Saving Private Ryan. But that's really about it. Yeah, but
0: I, I love Saving Private Ryan because it was a military movie. And I just like movies like that. It, mm-hmm. it, anybody could have done it. I'm be like, okay, great. Um, shit, I can't remember. I, I want to say I can't remember most, but a lot of those top name directors. I'm not. I watch them, but it's a lot of the lower end. Like Catherine Bigelow, like she killed it. She did a Zero Dark Thirty, and I I really want to say she did
1: her locker. Uh,
0: yeah, one and there's another one. It's another one with um, Scarlett Johansson. I'm not sure. No, that's not her. That's that's Francis. That's Coppola. Francis, no, Sophia Coppola. Sophia.
1: She with, did um, with Scarlett.
0: With, with Scarlett and not, um, Bill not, not
1: Oh, oh Lost in Translation. Yeah, that's always that's always gonna be my top ten. you know what's always. Wrong? I always. have not seen Lost in Translation yet. <sighs> I've wanted to so bad, Giovanni, because I always I'm, just like the way you're talking about it. That's how I've always heard people talk about Lost in Translation. I'm like, okay, I got to sit down one of the days and watch this movie. But, I'm, but, you know, I'll scroll, whatever, but then I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just check the fire stick. But then, you know, you, you start to get lazy. But that's definitely one that's on my list to watch is mm-hmm. Lost in Translation. And there was another one you had said there. I forgot, too, I think from Catherine. No, oh, maybe not Catherine. Well, Zero Dog 30? Yeah, that's the only that I wanted to watch. I probably watched like maybe clips here and there, but just because that was like that one, I feel like I'm I
0: may be wrong.
1: No, I think it is Catherine Bigelow because I know I remember I remember uh, one
0: of um, James Cameron. Yeah, Yeah, she. Yeah, that was the best time. That was the best. She. uh, They were both nominated. I think her. I think his was Avatar. Avatar and hers was
1: was, uh, yeah, because she won for her. her
0: and hers were Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. And then that was like her first movie after her breakup with him, and then she killed him on every category. And I was like, Yes! Did you see? Uh, did
1: you see her locker?
0: Of course, with Jeremy okay. and Ritter and um, Captain Falcon,
1: Andrew, Andrew Mackey. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Falcon, <Stalki. laughs>
0: underrated,
1: underrated. You know, and I want a lot of people don't talk about, but that's it's also one of the ones that people think like she just won because it's like that was her first big movie. But it's just like if you watch the whole movie, it's not. Is that it's. It's like you said, it's not a war film in the way war films are. This is more of like kind of like almost like an after-effect war film of what war does to somebody, which we have a lot of movies like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, look, look at the opening of Full Metal Jacket. Like, you know, those first like 30 minutes when they're all in that boot camp, what it it does to that one, to Vincent D'Onofrio's character.
0: But wasn't he also um, had a mental illness that Broke him to that. Oh, I mean, granted, it was. Um, I think was no, it was his just Grant. A... I forgot his name. Oh, no, what's his name. The, the, the sergeant, the Joe sergeant. forget his name. Well, um, he I know push... his, I think his
1: real name is Lee Majors. I believe, but I'm that. not sure, I'm not sure what it was in the movie. I can't remember. But what. didn't he push him to that point? Well, because unfortunately, when it comes to that, that's you know, this is a practice when it comes to I, from what I hear, you know, I've never been a part of it. But, but Lee it's, Emery, it's... his
0: name was. Gurney, okay. Sergeant Hartman, that doesn't matter.
1: Whatever. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, because the whole point of that is just, it's too mentally break you to build you back up again. But there are certain people that could be only pushed so far and then, you know, they can't be built back up. They're officially broken after that, which is what was happening to Vincent D'Onofrio's character. Yes.
0: Because yeah, I was like, sense. that.
1: was you know, that was the whole point of it. Yeah, it was a reason for it because, you know, he wasn't always like that. You know, his character, he wasn't like simple or dumb or anything. He was just
0: misunderstood because at that a, time way, it wasn't yeah. like a, you know, the whole mental health or not crisis, but the mental heart, health development of like you know putting money to research and everything. It wasn't really mm-hmm. like that back then. And back then it was just like stop, you know, excuse my language, but like stop being a pussy, man up type of shit. You know, like what are that's you what queer? You know, I mean that's the language it was back then. That, you know, that's
1: that, that's how it used to be. It's just like oh, you know, you're in you're in a world where it's like a man's man. So it's just like we're gonna make sure you don't have. Emotions, Yo, what, because it's, what, it's, it's 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 like they said the whole you know they want to make sure the person by standing behind the gun doesn't feel a certain way towards killing someone that's trying to kill them. They should and have just know. Make them okay with
0: it. He was like a little cuckoo when he was like a little crazy and he was hitting that mark like he was a marksman. He was not missing. They were like. Yeah, move. But yeah, because especially when it,
1: <laughs> yeah, because because his turn is pretty much around that part. Because after that before that scene happens, that's when he's getting like beaten by the, you know, uh, while he's sleeping with the hurts, with well, yeah, with the bars of soap wrapped in towel, but that's because he's fucking up for everybody. And then that's just their way of doing it. And usually, you know, it's not a hazing thing, but after that happens to someone, they're like, Okay, I'm gonna try to do better. You but make all that's break just you. Yeah. that's just that's just what broken mentally in the movie. And you know, like I said, not a lot of movies show that and that movie is like way early nineties I wanna say, or maybe eighties, I don't remember. But around that time you didn't see shit like that.
0: And going on, American Sniper also showed the effects of a sniper like, you know, cow fuck his last name, but cow something. That's so disrespectful. But um you saw the the trauma he was going through. Like, please, the like, there was a there was a kid that he was in a snipe, and he was like, "Please, please put the gun down. I don't mm-hmm. want to shoot you. Yeah, I really don't." And I'm glad we get to see that visceral type of shit when it comes to a movie. You know, I got you right now in the name though. But I want to. the same question you asked me back to you. What I made mean, you know what gave you that love or you know that appreciation
1: or you know? I mean, unfortunately, it's it's pretty much the exact same shit you said. But as I got older. I never learned... I didn't appreciate cinematography. I didn't appreciate good acting. I didn't even appreciate good editing. Because, you know, mm. that editing... Editing makes the break the movie so much, especially with how long they hold on a shot and then where they jump to next or, what, or what the director is trying to tell with just this one camera angle. Because as I've gotten older, you see always, like, behind the scenes of these movies. And then it's so much thought is going into shots and dialogue and always a question of why is this that like what's you know what's the character's motivation like i said when i was younger i didn't care about that all i wanted to see was explosions and you know colorful stuff cartoons and shit on screen comic book characters but i never really understood you know what their passions were like why did they become this or like i said why why a certain director holds on a shot, but that's because, you know, to increase tension or stuff like that, like these little things that I realized as I got older, that I, I just made me appreciate movies and, it, you know, just even more. You know, that's why I got this collection I have behind me. because It's just like, this is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing medium. And it's also, like you said, you know, it, it gives you a chance to get away. You learn, you're being transported into this director's and the writer's story. And it's just like, how it all, if it's a good movie, it all meshes together really well. But if it's like a horrible movie, at least there's some dumb fun to be had in it, like, you know, with a lot of the Michael Bay movies. Oh, sorry. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So I don't want to cut you off. No, I was done there. I was done there.
0: Two things. One, the name was Chris Kyle. That was the American Sniper. Chris that Kyle.
1: Okay, that's what it was. I just want to give
0: respect because that is an American veteran. Um, you know, another thing I appreciate in films is the score. Mm. That's something I appreciate later on. And for me, it can also make a break a film. Like Passengers, with I'm Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, the score really sold me in that one. The premise of the film is it, it was interesting, even though the trailer deceived me because I thought it was... The,
1: wait, have you seen Passengers? Uh, Passengers? The, tra- the trailer never sold me on it. No, Sorry, the, it is. I never saw it.
0: The trailer sold not sold me, but it sold me on an image that the ship was malicious and it was against them too. Not that it was just a malfunction
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then everything happened. Now, I wish they would have showed the original script of the film instead of what we saw on TV on the movies because there was uh, a difference? It was a difference. Because in the movie he woke her up and it was very creepy and it was like, Oh, just it just so happened that he helped her, like she helped him save everybody like she could have let him die and everything would be fine whatever Or she could have put him back in the capsule or whatever the case was like but she,
1: but it was because he didn't want to be alone or something right he something didn't want like to that? be
0: alone his oppression got to him and he said there Yo, you fuck go. yeah, I'm yeah. gonna let somebody live with this me. you know live this life with me trapped in this so to speak you know yeah, travel and, she didn't, space. And, yeah and,
1: that, and she didn't find out till later on right exactly. or something like that but okay, the original
0: yeah. script was that if she didn't wake up um, there was something that was going on that it was a two-man team that if she did, like I said, she didn't wake up, they were all going to die anyway. So in a very cathartic type of way, she needed to, she needed to be uh, awakened. That was mm-hmm. the original script. I, I am off a little bit. But, um, but, but anyway, that was getting far away from the point. But that score of that movie sold me. Same for the social network. Um, well, Dune sold me on cinematography. But the score, a lot of th- movies that have great scores... It's what makes, also adds on to the movie for me. Um, And Kenny, I know you're not an anime fan, so to speak, but there is one film that I would, you know, you have a, yeah, you have a sibling. I would recommend you to watch and I, if you don't cry or don't feel anything by the end of this, I'll give you $50. Is
1: that like brother, brother or without thou or something like that?
0: No, it's called um, The Grave uh, Grave of the Fireflies. I even put Anthony on it. He was like,
1: yo, this is fucking hard. Never heard of it.
0: I don't want to say anything about it. All I'm going to tell you is... Send
1: it it, it to me in text so I remember to look it up. Grave Grave of the Fireflies? Grave
0: of the Fireflies. I'm going to see if I can find it. And i put it on Plex. That movie, every time I watch it, for some reason, I always call my sister and be like, yo, I love you. Because that's how fucking... pop. Really? Bro, it's an anti-war film. Like the people in Studio Ghibli, they mostly they were they, they were always made film that was political, but in a very insightful way that wasn't like oh I'm I'm political type of shit. But it was very beautiful in the artwork, and it was always anti-war. It always made you think like, you know, we shouldn't be living a life like this. Why? You know what I mean? But that movie, even though it was based on the true story, uh, some parts of it by the time you get near the end, because you, you know, you're with these characters and you're building a relationship and you're understanding their struggles, by the time you hit the end, bro, if you don't feel something, I'll give you $50. Like, that's how serious <laughs> I feel about it because <laughs> I'm telling you, I put people onto that movie and they start crying. I still cry to this day. There's, there's, a, there's a scene that I'm not going to say anything because I want you to see it that I either can't watch it, I skip it, or I'm just like i have to deal with it type of shit because that's how that's how great the, the, the director was on doing this film that's how <laughs> you know so it's you you know I, I make sure it's english don't worry it won't be japanese <laughs> even if it's japanese look you know the english dubbed, one' was and I got, good then they gotta one was read good. it that's
1: fine
0: the english one was good and I'm gonna find it for you, and I really want you to watch this film, bro. Because
1: okay, this is this is my thing. Like, if it's if it's uh, if it's if it's dubbed like you know the way it's supposed to be, like Japanese with uh, any of the English subtitles, mm-hmm. that's fine. But I feel like when I watch movies that are like that, I feel like with the with the Japanese voice, they get so got to be like, you know like that type of shit, <laughs> and I'm always like, how am I supposed to feel for this? Like every, everything they says always sounds like that. So I feel like I can't put emotion in. I feel like I, I feel can't like you just named the last samurai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I excuse my crass abuse of it, but that's just what it, you know, no, I'm just no. trying to give like, to give, like an example. I'm trying to give an example. So I feel like when it comes to that, I can't really get into it. You know what I mean? But if if like you say, if the English dub is good, then Not as long the as like the English actors it. are good, then that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll give it a shot
0: the up is good. It is up is
1: good. Man. That's the one thing too that's to love about movies—the emotion that it fucking gives you—that we we didn't even that we failed to mention during our talk. right
0: Ah, yes, 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 yes.
1: Like I can't even I, listen. The first movie I remember crying to—believe <laughs> it or not—was <laughs> fucking Armageddon. Fresh no, Armageddon. When Liv Tyler is talking to Bruce Willis, I mean, and then no. they're on the planet, and that's she's just, and he's, and he's just like. I'm not gonna be able to make it back, baby. And she's like, why, Danny? Why? <laughs> or whatever. And then she he's hated like, you know, him throughout the whole ben, movie. And yeah, that point. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, oh, you know, Ben Affleck, whatever his character was, the a good man, you know, all of this. And then while they're doing like, you know, again, fucking Michael Bay adding a score behind that scene, which kind of just brought everything together. Was that the one, like, I don't wanna
0: close? he no, played that during it or
1: no? Oh my God, did he? Was it that Was it that song that he played during it? I know that song was popular because of the movie. But I don't know. But I don't know if that scene was played. I think that scene was played when she reunited with Ben Affleck after they landed. And then I think they played that song. But I think during that specific scene, it was just like a sad score. And that's like one of the first memories I've ever had of like being sad during a movie. Because... I did not cry during Titanic when I saw it when I was a kid. Even as an adult, I watch it. I'm I don't I I'm not
0: sad over it. One scene only makes me, me cry from Titanic. What's and scene? that's when the two old uh the two older people are holding hands and they're about to be drowned oh. together. That scene fucking gets me, bro. Really, it gets you. Y'all yo, married? I can just think. Me and my wife, just like yo, oh, this that's is true. the end of our this is the end of our line, you know. And we're gonna die together. We're just holding hands. We're laying in bed like. I can't imagine the fear my wife would be feeling. Like I would just be like, "I was good, don't worry about it," you know.
1: But I but feel I like at just... that, I feel like at that age, and they're both there, and like, listen, you we know, we've lived a long life. We're gonna be okay, type. But shit. But even
0: if I was at my current age, I still well was, at your current you age, know?
1: absolutely, yeah, of course. It, but you know, yeah. you know what that scene reminded me of. I mean, spoilers for the Notebook. Sorry if you haven't seen a ten-year-old movie, <laughs> really, but it's more than ten, of, <laughs> more than ten. But the two of them like passing away at the end because that's how much like their oh. love was eternal or whatever. Listen, I never cried during the Notebook. I saw it because of the hype. And I'm like, all right, this is a cute movie. But the <laughs> fact that it's the one movie everyone swears by, everything that is like the greatest love story ever. I'm just, I mean, it's sweet. I, you know, it, it's definitely sweet. I'll give it that, but I, 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 it never evoked emotion for me.
0: Yo, pride and prejudice. Come on. That was a good movie. The chemistry was fire, bro. Oh
1: my God. That Listen. dude
0: should have been a main star. I forget his name. He was in the three musketeers, but he should have been a main star.
1: Oh, I feel like I know what you're talking about too, but I just can't think of his name. Listen, I know one scene that always gets me, no matter what, and it's a scene that no one, that not a lot of people talk about, because they're all blinded within the first ten minutes of this movie. Because apparently, they think that's the saddest part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, with up, I get it. The first ten minutes of that movie, it's absolutely heartbreaking. But the part that always broke my heart even more, but in a happy way, was when. You know the house is like fucked up on the hill, and he's like, you know, fixing his seat and he's fixing his, you know, Ellie's seat, and then he sits down to look at to look at the um their their photo album, and then he gets to the part that says like, you know, what our adventure was gonna be. You know, they were gonna take photos while they go on trips, and you see Carl's, you see Carl with this beautiful animation and the score behind it, just being heartbroken that it's just like, oh, you know, I never took Ellie on trips. But then you see his big stubby finger like turn the page a little bit and it's just photos of like their, their years of being married and then he's like going through it and then the note at the end that fucking makes you cry all the time it says, thanks for the adventure, go have your own. I was just like, oh my fucking god. Yeah, you Yo, get it me, bro. <laughs> bro. Listen, that part, always, me, man. Yo, that part always fucking gets me because it, I, it just fucking hit me. And look, I'm not married, but for some reason, I understood I, that part. I felt it. I'm just like, this entire time, he thinks he disappointed her by not taking her on trips, but it's just like, yo, our entire marriage was the adventure to me. And it's just like, that's why this whole page is just filled with that. And I, that's one of my favorite scenes. And obviously the score for Up, I mean you, you can't you can't it's it's one of the top ones when it comes to anime yeah the 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 marriage life song i fucking love it, I fucking love it, I fucking love that movie man Damn. so good so good it's just it's just it's just amazing what emotions movies can evoke and that's just and it's that's, like it's like it's one of the things that I love about it
0: there's a difference from score and there's a difference from it's being presented because when You know, as great as the Marvel films were, when Scarlett Johansson passed and so did Tony, like, I never, like, I felt it, but it wasn't, like, crying, like you said, went up and all those. Like, it was like, wow, that was a momentous occasion. Mm -hmm. But it never felt to a point of, it was like, man, I'm sad. It's just like, oh, damn. Bendito. Yeah. But it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt it. Like, when Gwen Stacy died, even though that was, you know, a Marvel film, but I felt, well, you know, I fucking loved Garfield and, and Emma Stone, but I felt mm-hmm. that one. I was like, holy shit, like, this shit hurt, you know? Yeah. For me, for me. People might be like, ah, oh, shit's trash. But for me, that, that one hit me in a way. I mean, the
1: whole movie itself is, is like I said, it's questionable, but there are scenes that stand out. There's there's no denying there are scenes that stand out, especially when it comes to the special effects of that movie.
0: You got me thinking, <laughs> like in, a, in like the.
1: Just, I'm just look, 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 There's a lot of other sad movies out there, but like I said, just those no, are always sad. That up, you up is always fuck. like, yes, the up is always like top for me. But like I said, it's just for the scene that not everyone always talks about. Because like I said, everyone always talks about those first those first ten minutes of up. But it's just like, yeah, niggas were really fans. You be talking about that fucking part where he opens up that that photo album. But, but no, love- because a lot of them stop after that. That's why probably
0: <laughs> but don't you love how in that movie it was a roundabout thing like the story it all played in a mm-hmm. beautiful symphony in a way and like she's like no nah, this the greatest you know like you said the adventure was being married to you like i don't care like and that was her perspective of happiness yeah for him it was like no nah, i want to take you there and like i guess he you know
1: And yeah, and and in his mind, Mm -hmm. he didn't think like he he didn't think like you know that was the adventure. But the fact that he was able to provide that for Ellie before they died, and it wasn't what he was, and was just so, it was just so natural. And it's just like I said, it's just it's a fantastic scene that does not, I feel, does not get talked about enough. That just that gets overshadowed, like I said, by those first ten minutes of the movie. Which I'm not saying is bad. I'm not no. saying it's bad, but like I said, that scene being overshadowed, and then obviously him giving um, giving uh the, the little um the little boy the the uh, Ellie's Ellie's pin with the with the grape with the grape tap thing. That's another sweet scene too.
0: Kenny, uh, continuing the sad part. Um, even though it's a John Sparks film, um, I never seen Fall in the Stars North stars, so I don't. I, I'm not gonna come in and talk about that. But John Sparks, the vow with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams, that they were together and then they got in an accident. She had amnesia and then mm. she completely forgot that they were married and she was still thinking she was with her ex. Like that that film Oh my like, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she she went through her whole like she had an accident. He's like, Yo, you know, we're married. Look, our ring is here, look at the pictures and everything. And like I'm thinking, like if I was in his situation and that should happen to me, it's like fuck. How would I feel? Like if my wife just be like, she get a me, she still remembers. Like she don't, she fuck completely forgot me. And like they really had to restart the relationship from. I mean, it's a happy ending, in in, in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. they get together, but not the past. She don't remember herself. She just it's a whole new relationship. But like, you know, the struggles that he went through, like, yo, I, I'm trying to be with you. You don't want to be with me. And then they separate and like a year later, then they get back to, but just the idea of being Channing Tatum in that film, and like you're married to somebody, you had years, you about to have kids, like you want to have kids, she didn't actually forgets you. And then like, you spend like a year and a half apart and it's like, you know, what would go in your mind? You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was a, like a beautiful, like, that, that's a movie
1: that got me. And that's, so that, a, that, that, that's a Nicholas Sparks, uh, Nicholas a, Sparks
0: movie? Is it John? No, I'm so sorry. John Green. I think his name is John Green, isn't he? Whoever made the fucking notebook in all these films. I think it's Nicholas Sparks. I don't fucking
1: know. Whoever made I, it. No, no, no. I think Nicholas Sparks probably wrote the books that these movies are based on. Didn't he? I don't know. Because <laughs> I know... I Listen, that name is so familiar. And I think he probably wrote the book. Or maybe he wrote the script. For so uh for these movies.
0: One either one of them or two
1: or whatever. Nicolx Nicholas Sparks. I think so. Maybe these
0: I think Nicholas Sparks novel. That's when um the notebook came out, and then whoever made that book was just like on a crazy tear, like, oh let me start making the Fault in Our Stars, The Vow, um the shit with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves going back in time. Oh the lake house. The lake house. I think that's also part of it. Like he was just going on a tear on books and shit can't remember the name of it but it, does, it doesn't really matter it's just, what matters is just the way the book the movie was that's what really what i'm
1: what i'm what i'm amazed by that too is just like how someone can produce that much emotion to write all those books where it's just like maybe it's based off real life maybe it's based off their own personal experiences that they're just like exaggerating for movie or book's sake but it's just like how do you go through all that shit or how does like that thought even enter your mind especially when it comes to like not even just writing this movie in general. I just meant just like writing any movie just period. Because you're thinking of a, I mean I'm sure this is what the college writer classes are for or freelancing is for. It's like you're thinking of the beginning a middle of end and then oh, you're thinking of act one, act two, act three and you got to fill it with all this stuff that makes sense and you're considering mm-hmm. dialogue, story beats, characters, settings, everything. And then you know you oh, and it has to be a good conclusion. Or else, you know, it's or else you're gonna get like backlash with um, what's a book that had a really bad conclusion after like starting well? I'm trying to think for the, I can't remember for the life of me. Oh, fuck. Even, even even all right, let's say not even books. Let's say in TV shows. All this stuff that they build up, but then the last season goes to shit. Oh, oh Game of Thrones. There you go. Game of oh Thrones is like God, a, 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 a Game no, of Thrones. Game of Thrones is good. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait.
0: Game of Thrones is very special because even the director, well, the writers did not want to give up their passion project. And Mm. George RR Martin hasn't finished the last three, last two books. And they were like, oh, we have no more source material. Like after season six, they were just going on their own shit, you know, but they didn't want to give it up to somebody else.
1: Yeah, that that's the thing where you and me like we're wearing the same boat on that is that even though it did end not how we wanted it to and it got like kind of weird, I still love the series as a whole. Yes, I can still I can still watch it back to forth and I can still watch that last season yeah. without being like, oh no, I, I got to skip it. No, I got definitely power 2 I it. just get upset. This, yeah You're gonna get some sad, but at the end of the day, there's still some great looking stuff in there, and there's some there's great performances. At the end, this is just. You know, that, that's what holds you up.
0: But that's the beauty also of cin- uh, cinema. Subverting subverting expectations. Because if you think about it, what was Daenerys uh whole, whole shit? Breaking the wheel and what happened at the end? The wheel was broken. The Iron Throne was destroyed. And Bran became king by democracy. It was a voted thing. Everybody. So, technically, the wheel was broken. I mean, you know, obviously, there was some things that just didn't make sense. Like, Johnstone going up north. He could have just stayed in the south because, you know, the the Unsullied left. So, it's like, they're not going to come back and be like, oh, he's still here type of shit. But oh, the fact
1: that, Or oh, the fact that they did nothing with his lineage.
0: Exactly. I mean, shit. Um... Uh, yeah, he had a better story. A lot of other people had a better story than he did. Like, Brand said, Oh, I have a better that's what. Why do you think I was here for? I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're just making shit up. <laughs> yes. I would have preferred if they all would have said, "Not nah, Jon Snow or Aegon Targaryen is the real king. And John be like, I appreciate that, but you know what? I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want it.
1: Yeah, because it should have been like at least offered in a sense, because yeah. And then it's, he like, went it's, north. it's it's like you said, if they're going by what's written down in their history, lineage, this he's part of this king lineage. Mm-hmm. So it's just like if he doesn't want it, he should have the right to be like, no, give it to Brand or give it to the next person or something, or at least like you know, maybe recommend the next person, which is probably what I think kings do. I don't know, I don't I didn't live around that time. I live in I live in it now, baby. I don't know how that <laughs> shit works. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was ways that they definitely could have could have done that a lot
0: better. Yeah, like I don't mean to take away from the actors because I don't I know Peter Dinklish has been public about listen, it is it happened what it happened. You know, even though they were all upset about the ending, but they man, I was I was even invested in Game of Thrones until John Show was like, yo, you should watch this. I was like, nah, and that was during the season that was between the two years, season seven and eight wasn't out. Mm. So I kind of binged the whole thing and I felt so deep in the lore. Bro, I have the books like digital, all of them. Like I was oh, I was in it very hard. Did and you read the c- books? No, but I started reading like chapters of it just to see cuz I um one of my boys I gave him the book like digital cuz I had a copy of it. He said he's like, "Yo, read this, read this." And I started reading and I was watching the scene. I was like, this is word for word. Like everything's like in the beginning In the first, remember the beginning, I don't remember, season one, episode one, when they were going over the wall and they were checking like, oh, it was three,
1: three, it was um, three guys like in like a force or something, right? Exactly.
0: The Matt Damon dude was actually the Lord Commander at the time, Mm. you know? And like, there was a lot of things that happened in the book that is exactly what happened in the show. There's (sighs) little things about like names and stuff, but it was like, wow, this is on point and I'm like, I kinda wanna read the rest of it. But me, I'm a type of guy who likes to read. Like when it's something I love and appreciate, I need physical form. There's something, mm. you know, about turning the page, holding my hand, knowing, oh, I read this so many pages compared to digital. I can't be immersed into it. And um I didn't want to mention before I forget, when it comes to movies that cry, um I know a lot of people was talking about Toy Story 3. You know, that whole scene with the war you know they about to get burned live or whatever, burnt melt. That never hit me. It was part four when Woody and Buzz separated for me, and even now I still like when it happened. The first when I first saw the film, I was crying, like mm-hmm. tears were coming out. I don't know why I'm crying for everything nowadays, but in that scene, you know, the music they played, and then the Disney has this beautiful way of portraying emotion without saying anything. And these guys, you know, these are toys and they're looking at each other, and they have a certain, like, look in their face, and you're like, you're not telling the audience, but you're telling the audience, yo, this is Woody and Alan, this is, well, oh, Alan, <laughs> this is the guy who plays him. Woody and Buzz, last <laughs> time looking at each other, or being in their premises, and, like, you know, it's, it's not like I can call you on a cell phone, or have a GPS, no. They may never see each other again. You know, I don't know how their lifespans are, but they're never going to see each other, and they're really separated, and, like, We've been with these characters since Toy Story 1. And, you know, Woody's happy. He's no longer like Andy's toy and Andy giving him up in part three. Mm-hmm. But that whole part of them separating, and he just like, I forgot what he says, but he, he I, I don't know. And then he gives his badge to Jesse. You're like, you're the sheriff now. And it's like passing the torch and... You know It really hurt You know it, I'm not a lot of you it hurt Cause like I grew, You grew To accustom these characters Like oh They're always gonna be together We're gonna see yeah. part five Part six And it's like I mean cause look Even know, when Andy
1: over. Even when Andy Gave them up in part three Technically they were all Still together
0: Exactly They just no longer Was with Andy Yeah
1: But Andy did give it To another person
0: So it's like okay You know Andy's grower. You know It's It's what's You know But Listen that was me I give him my toys Of shit I don't give a fuck I still got my Transformers when I was young. It, may, it
1: may, I remember making me wish, like, damn, I really wish I still had some of the toys that I had when I was younger. Nah, or at least that, that I could, like, see them or some shit. See, you like see what's how up. your
0: movies are back there? That's me yeah. with my Transformers. My, yo, <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony got a, Anthony. Anthony knows. He has a food taste of... Because he went to my house, he saw everything. I even gave him stuff. I was like, I'm willing to part with these things. It wasn't that <laughs> sentimental, you know. But uh-huh. something just hit, and that's how I—that's how I felt with, you know, with Woody and Buzz. like, you know, it's, and then you know the car's driving with like, Oh, I gotta go. You know, we're gonna separate. It's just like, like it really jabs me in the throat. Type of shit. Like, ah, you—you you really fucking hitting me with this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But and then you know they just look at each other. and I think they played the music in the back. And some some score they were playing. And it was like.
1: I can't. <laughs> it's a good scene, man. Like I said, these movies movies are good. And it always used to amaze me where people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV, which I totally get in an era now where it's just like everyone wants to be outside. But it's like, it's just like, you don't need to tell me you never like sat down and watched, you don't watch movies. You don't, there's no TV show. There's nothing that you're into. That's why the people that always said, oh, you know, I don't watch TV. But it always used to amaze me Because I mean If it's their circumstance That you know They don't have a TV Totally understandable But it's just like Now you can watch anything On your phone And it's just like You're still telling me There's no shows you like No movies that you enjoy It's just like How is it that you don't like At least one thing There's literally a movie Out there for everybody mm-hmm. Everybody you just, you just gotta find it you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta find your movie You gotta find your show like, for me, I think um, the one that we always, me and you, you always talk about was uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Because that's just, oh. like, that movie is just, like, Yo, so, that, just so related. very it's powerful. So,
0: it's it's very so
1: relatable. Because, you know, it didn't over-exaggerate the high school stuff. Because it's it's, it felt like, it almost made you feel like you were one of the fucking wallflowers and shit. You know what I mean? It's just, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't popular in school, but I knew my clique. But then me and my clique, we were kind of almost like wallflowers and shit, you know? Everyone knew of us, you know, we knew, not that we knew everyone, but it's just like, oh, you know, it was always, uh, like, you know, like, like the mutual, like the respect was mutual and shit, but, I don't know, like that movie's just always, always connected to me in some way.
0: I, I love those coming of age movies. It's so good, especially when they're done correctly, they're so good. The Age of seven, uh, The Edge of 17. Oh, that's a good one. That one's underrated. Uh, John Hughes like I'm not a fan of 16 candles it was great but Ferris um, Breakfast Club thank you Breakfast Club and and there's one more I just can't remember Uh, but a lot of those films are really amazing damn I had a I had a thing to tell you about a movie Um, damn Kenny uh, (laughs) and it was a good one and it was a good one. I'm gonna have to re- re- rewind. <laughs> what were you talking about before this? So before you said anything, like before you mentioned, I about... don't even, I don't
1: even remember at this point, honestly. Was like I said, pretty much what I was saying. It was just like just about movies.
0: Ah, but they, they were... Oh, now they, I remember now. See, we have seen so many TV shows and movies, so. You know, my my wife hates when I do this, when I watch a TV show with her or maybe a movie and I'd be like, they're going to fall in love with each other. He's going to die or this because, you know, I appreciate when, like I said, subverting subvert, subverting the expectation, like the, the certain camera angle, you know, he's going to get shot. Um, the certain type of music and the score in the background, like the TV show, oh, this person's not going to survive or they're going to get together. They're too close. There's too many keys things or elements that I have noticed and seen so many that is a common trope. You see it all the time. So something, a TV show to me that I thought was going to be a common trope that I enjoyed the first season. I didn't see the whole thing, but now seeing that it's on season four, it's on Netflix and they keep going and people are loving it and it plays nostalgic, nostalgia, but it's not a kid's show and I'm loving it. I'm surprised you didn't get it. A little bit has to do with karate. No, no, no. Oh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. So I've been seeing. Like I was always interested, but it wasn't like "Ah, it's a kid show. Like what are they? Like I don't want to see dorky teenagers and stuff like. Like yeah, like I already have my fair share of those type of TV shows. Like I have already a niche of that. You know, like the High School Musical show. That's my niche. Like I watch that. I Mm -hmm. enjoy it, but I, I don't want more of that. I already have my fill. But then when I started seeing. Films of um, I mean, excuse me, clips of on YouTube. And I was like, I'm gonna click it because I don't know what's going on, but basically, bring me into the show. It's not a PG thirteen. Like they saying, "pussy bitch." Uh, they drinking alcohol. They bring it back nostalgia. And Johnny Lawrence, the guy who plays Johnny Lawrence, like I love how realistic that show has been. It's not like oh, it's a kid show. It's not a kid show. It like. Okay, you're not gonna show me gore and all these other things, but you're giving me real life action and you're you're not you're giving me script that they would actually say, or at least a guy would actually say. They're being relatable. And I guess because it doesn't mean like, oh, because a TV show curses is better. It's just that coming from seeing the karate kids, you know, one, two, three, and then the Hillary Swank and all the other ones on top of that. Well not on top of that, but with that. And then seeing a TV show, it's like, oh, you just, you're just making something for nostalgia. You don't want to make money. But it's like, wait, you're putting thought into it. You know, you're bringing back old pe- the the old cast from the original movies, but in a very insightful way, not just like, oh, I'm going to bring you back because it gives me money. No, it's making sense. And you're, you're like, you're not pulling back your punches, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. They,
0: they're putting everything on the table. And I'm like, I want to watch this. And, you know, it's... Like, you know, I'm really close to, you know, press play and just start watching them. It. But it's like, I love that that TV show is subverting expectations in a way of just like, you know, there's curses. It's not a kid show. You have kids, you have teenagers, but they're going through real shit. And they're talking real and it's not like, oh, let's, let's, let's sing and dance or let's, you know, have a little heartfelt communication or whatever. Nah, they really being serious. Like, people are fucking in cast, getting fucked up. Yeah, it's some great. I mean the fight scene's a little a little wonky because these guys are old, you know, they're not martial artists. But Mm -hmm. you take that away and it's like, this is a great show. And it's so short. I think some episodes are like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it's not even like an hour long. So you can really kill it. You know what I mean? And that's what I enjoyed. Is it's nostalgia nostalgia done right. It's not done for fan. It is a little bit fan
1: service but it works with the whole overall uh, plot of the story. I might, I might give it a chance now because I remember first hearing about it. And just in my mind, I thought I never was a big fan of the karate kid movies. You know, I saw all of them, you know, the first two, the third one, the Hillary Swank, and then like the kind of rebootish with uh, Jaden Smith. So, ah, I mean, I, I saw, yeah, I saw them and I'm just like, all right, they're okay movies, but I never understood the big deal. But, um, I remember when I saw the first trailer for the show? It, this is like we you know when Netflix became the giant that it is now. They're just like trying to put out what content that they had at the time, and I just remember thinking like, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about this." Because, like be I said, clean? I didn't really care about the movies.
0: Karate Kid started on YouTube. It was a YouTube thing.
1: Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was, May, okay, was on so YouTube maybe, the first so maybe, season. So maybe that's why I definitely wrote it off in the beginning. And the,
0: Same here, same here in the second season too. And then Netflix was like, nah, I'm taking you over and I'm giving you three and four. And oh, okay. five is coming out too. Well, oh, four is okay, right. finished,
1: but five is on the way. But, yeah, that's, Yeah, because that's definitely what it was that really made me write it off that it was a YouTube show. And I'm not sure if you noticed know about me, but I hate YouTube personalities because it just all seems so fake to me. But we've was there a YouTube liked...
0: show before that was actually good? Which one? Video Game High School. I did not like Video Game High School. I thought you saw that. Then who who saw that? That I
1: watched it, but I hate it. I hated everyone's acting. But at the end of the day, these are kids on YouTube acting on something that's being produced big, which is fantastic in that medium because it's just like you would never think making YouTube videos, oh, you get to star in like a, a YouTube Red TV show. You know what I mean? So I get it. It's well, I wasn't a Red
0: for VGA. at VGA Video Game High S. School wasn't
1: part of the YouTube Red, uh, YouTube nah, Red that program. was just
0: Rocky Jump shit. Like, I just want to produce shit. People were paying okay. them. It was like they were doing like a whole Patreon shit. Or mm. they own money.
1: Okay, well, like I said, that's amazing on its own, but I can't... I can't watch shows like that because I'm just thinking of, I know it's going to be corny jokes. It's, it's jokes that I wouldn't make because it's just like, what, this, this is not funny, but you're just saying it because it's just, you got kids watching this. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's why I'm like, ah, uh, you no, know, YouTube videos or YouTube movies or shows, whatever. They cater more to that because that's what's watching it. That's what's generating all these millions of views. It's just these kids hitting replay, 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 replay and shit. Like, especially with how much no, uh, with how much videos baby shark has you know what i mean so it's just like Listen, i that's know a, that's would... an
0: algorithm they they mastered bro
1: <laughs> yeah so it's just like i know a majority of things on youtube is catered kid to kids, and i get it but that's why as cool as the concept was and like i said it was amazing for the time of what it could be what video game high school was i just i i, I couldn't get into it oh
0: okay besides that and you know I'm not sure if we got to go to work anytime soon. but
1: Well, yeah, we got to finish up in a little bit. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I want to give lasting questions, like ending questions, right? And it's two mm-hmm. parts. Um, the first one is, you know, with all the movies you have back there and probably some that you don't have.
1: Do not, not, want- t- do not, do not tell me to pick one. It's like asking someone what their favorite kid is. No. <laughs> I mean, you could just turn around
0: <laughs> and be like... I was going to say, I, I which one you, would you recommend for people to see? That's... Uh, Chomani.
1: That's, Chomani. That's, is that hard? I, I, Yes, it's a hard question, man. Okay, okay. I told you last time. I got you. I got you. I got you. It's very. It's so many different opinions. I got you.
0: Action. Would you? Which one would you recommend? It doesn't have to be your wall. It doesn't have to be your
1: top Uh, of the bat. Like for uh, me, it'd be like
0: top. Okay, Uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. You gotta watch that for action. You know, that's something. Heat. You gotta watch that for action.
1: You know, if you want straight action, that the one I can think of right now because I saw news about it recently. uh, The raid. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. The race. Oh, yo, Kenny, we never talked about martial arts films. Oh, well, that's why we have an ongoing podcast. We can always come back to
0: Yeah, we, we're going to come <laughs> back to that one, though. But, yo,
1: there's so many
0: underrated martial arts films that it's just, oh, man, that people forgot about. It came out, it's hyped, and now people still, for, oh, man, Kung Fu Hustle, even though it's as funny as it is, and still, What's up? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, Mar- yo, awesome. we got to do another episode of just martial arts because I can be here for days on just Jackie Chan. <laughs> yo, I have seen, I haven't seen a lot, uh, like all of them, but I've seen a lot,
1: a lot of Jackie Chan shit. Yeah, we could definitely fill an entire episode or maybe like something or a sub, or a segment, or like a sub video. Some shit, bro. Something like that, yeah, but we could At definitely, we
0: could four. definitely. <sighs> all right, well. <laughs> okay. This is better. As a recent 2021, maybe 2022, or maybe in 2020. Just movies you recommend somebody to watch. That's it. That you you seen very recent, very very recent. Look, I'll give you I'll give you some Malignant. You got to watch Malignant. That's all I got. <laughs> no
1: Time oh, to can't, Die. I can't, can't think of. I mean, the ones that I always usually recommend, though. Know? Yeah, you know, No Time to Die. Like you said, malignant, no way home. But it's just like I feel like I'm naming stuff that's like obvious. I don't have anything that's like in the vault per se. You know, this
0: wasn't a year for indie films. Like I can sit here and say people need to watch. Y'all yeah, think Jim Carrey's is fucking a comedian, but you yeah, need to watch Eternal Spot, uh, Eternal uh, Eternal
1: spotless of the Sunshine Mind yes. or something like that, or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's it's one. It's, you know, it's one of those one of those. That one, you gotta watch it.
0: Another indie film, 50, 50, for, uh, not fifty first. Well, that one's actually good too, 51st Dates. No matter how, you know, it's an Adam Sandler movie, but that one was fucking, was really good. Mm-hmm.
1: If anything, that's like, that's almost like the same story like you mentioned about the Valve, but it's just with someone that he just met. Yeah, but every day her memory he
0: was fucking disappearing. <laughs> Yeah, every so day she go to sleep and there's a reset. But he can literally be like, "I fucked four bitches last night." She go to like, sleep.
1: It, I, I mean, I, I'm one. I wonder about that movie in a logical sense. Like, can someone forget about the same day and just completely relive like a certain point? Because yeah, that's, that's what, essentially what she was doing. But it, it, that's it's a, a true story, though. That I do not know. But look, it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, it's very sweet. You know, he spends every day you know, introducing himself to her just to make sure he stands out. It, it, it's sweet, but uh, it's just a little old day. Well, but I'll tell you what, I could definitely think of it. I could definitely think of a lit. I could definitely think of movies, but you got to really let me think about it. You can't just ask me on the spot like that. Uh, because I got so <laughs> much shit running through the mind. It's just like, what constitutes like a good movie to watch or whatever within like the last few years? No, like I really got to I mean, think just about
0: for you. It doesn't have to be like
1: what you got I got I to I think about it. I got to think about it. like I said, this is it's all a mush with movies. When I gotta pull certain information out, but when I hear the information, I'm like, okay, that's to this movie. That's to this movie. Like my brain works. Sometimes my brain works like Rain Man, but for movies. Yo,
0: <laughs> you and me, <laughs> we could same shit, and we could both be like, Yo, Dune was an amazing movie, and some people are like,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: Nah, that was. I'm like, Nah, that, Yo, I don't give a fuck who's listening. Dune was better than Star Wars.
1: I would definitely watch Dune over the old Star Wars movies.
0: I would watch it over. I will watch it over all of them except part three, the Revenge of the Sith.
1: That's a good
0: one. I just like it. I don't. I don't care how bad people would think it was. I. I it it <laughs> hit for me. It, it, you know, I have the high ground. You underestimate <laughs> my
1: power. <laughs> yeah, that's like back when they were good, but yeah, that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, but um, before Kenny, like I said, and who was listening, Grave of the Fireflies. If I have to recommend any movie. It will be Grave of the Fireflies. That shit came out in 1987, I believe. Oh, is that old? Yes. But oh, the shit. animation is not dated. It's okay. not dated, bro. I'm telling you, these are top-notch directors. His name is Isao Takahaka. Takahaka, I think his name. Maybe mispronounce the last one. He died, like, three years ago. Mm. But when you go to, like, if you ever hear anything about Japanese filmmakers, like, when it comes to anime, anime or just animation in general, nobody's higher than these two. It's him and Hayao Miyazaki. Nobody's higher. You know how we see David Russell, well, not David Russell, but, you know, Scorsese, uh, Spielberg, I'm forgetting, uh, Ridley, all these, you know, no, that that's, that's them over there. That's nobody better than them. But I'm going to get you that, bro, and please, right. when you finish watching that, Please let me I really but Pay attention Like I like You know It's a fucking That shit is You know <laughs> Okay okay That shit is hard But um This was a rant uh, I mean Have anything to say Kenny? <laughs>
1: no no that's it No no Just that uh, you know
0: That's about it Well this is Random News Uh, Episode 99 Thank you for everyone Who's listening As always Follow us on the gram Instagram Same shit Follow us on all social media Random News <clears throat> You just got ahead of yourself it's, You know <laughs> but yeah, follow us on all platforms. Random news, you will find us. And whoever's listening, thank you. Please share us with your friends and family. Please help us share our vision with everyone else in the world. Peace. Oh, I don't think I stopped the recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shit! How do you? Do? <laughs> Yo,
1: you that just was- turned your camera
0: off, man.